Yeah. You know, these, these these people are trying to reduce the world's population. They're trying to bring the numbers down. You even have, like, um, different presidents in different countries basically saying that they're not even allowing their people to take this, this vaccine. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, who, what was the country? Let me see. I'm trying to figure out which ones it was that actually said that they wasn't taking it. Australia has become the first country to abandon a vaccine attempt, scrapping a $750 million project after shot wrongfully gave to some people resulted, and um, the, the results came back with HIV. They tested on positive in HIV. So that's in Australia. So now you got people taking this vaccine, and they're coming up with HIV. So you're being injected with a strand of HIV, so you're coming up with HIV. Man, that's... Uh... Well, you know, they've been injecting people for years with syphilis and doing experiments and stuff, eugenics. Um, you know, you can't put nothing past this government, um, as we've seen over the course of time. But uh, you, you mentioned something at the beginning about it. You said the occult. Uh, what role was would the occult have in, in all of this, and how high up do you think it goes? Well, I mean... It goes all the way. Like, it's like, I don't know if you've seen the clip. There was a clip out where Donald Trump accused Hillary Clinton of sex trafficking and stealing kids out of Haiti. He he said it directly in front of a whole room. And, you know, I had the clip, but I didn't put it up because I know YouTube, they're real funny about certain things. So I didn't put it up on YouTube. It's probably on my Patreon. But, it goes all the way to the top with Hillary Clinton kidnapping kids. They actually said that they have footage of Hillary Clinton skinning a 12-year-old girl face on Epstein's island and, and, and peeling her face off like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I was like, you know, that's, that's deep right there. But then I actually seen footage of Epstein. They had footage of Epstein torturing a child that was tied down to the ground in the forest. And I've seen clips of that. Somebody sent that, sent that to me on, on Instagram, but I got that out of my phone because it's like if you have that in your phone, you go to jail for, for, for child porn and all the rest of that shit. But because I speak on these topics, people will send it to you. So it's a lot of crazy yeah. stuff going on. Yeah, and, and Trump, um, we've seen many pictures, too, of Trump uh, with Epstein. Behind the scenes, they're all in on it together. I know Trump and Hillary, uh, they were friends for many years themselves, you know, but there is some child cult stuff going on behind the scenes, and um, it definitely trickles down to hip-hop. Unfortunately, you know, you had to endure uh, hell at the hands of, uh, you know, Bambada. Um, Take our our listeners back if you don't care. Where, Where exactly are you from? Bronx River Projects, the home of hip-hop, Africa Bambada, Zulu Nation. And you grew up at a time, um, you know, when, when hip-hop was, was really taken off and, and uh, becoming a, a, a global phenomenon. Um, how big of a figure was Bam at that time when you met him? Well, you got to keep in mind, when, when, when Bam came up, Around the time when I, you know, when, when Bam came on the scene, he pretty much merged every gang in New York to the Zulu Nation and then went worldwide with it. 
you know, to the point to where that you he had Ice Cube down with him, Ice T down with him, like in any in any different or uh, any part of the world, there was a celebrity that celebrity that repped the Zulu Nation, Queen Latifah, Tribe Called Quest, um, anybody you name it, they was part of the Zulu Nation, Fat Joe, you know, so they was pretty much deep. Bam, Bam was strong. So he had a firm grip on, um, you know what I'm saying, a, a chunk of hip-hop, um, probably the biggest chunk. And, you know, you mentioned guys like Ice-T, Ice Cube, Q-Tip. Um, these are all guys who've sold tons of records. Um, what, what was Bam's influence like, you know, just in the community, in the neighborhood, I mean, like, as far as, like, were kids always around him? And, and uh, you know, when did you start to to notice that he was into some, some real weird shit? Well, I think the, the first time I noticed that he was in, matter of fact, one of the first times I noticed he was in some weird shit is we was in a, we was in a room, right, in the, in the room that we was in, there was actually weights in there. So me and one of my close brothers that's locked up right now, we was lifting weights, and he came in the room with a Polaroid camera, and he was on some old, oh, take your shirt off. Let me see your muscles. And, we, you know, we flexing our muscles because you got to keep in mind, we was like 11, 12 years old at the time, flexing our muscles. Like, yeah, seeing who got the biggest muscles, and he's gassing us up. So then when he walked out of the room, we looked at each other and was like, yo, you seen that episode of, of, of Different Strokes with Arnold and Dougley when he was in the store with the guy and he was trying to get them to take their shirts off? And, and, and in the episode, Arnold left and Dougley was still there, and, you know, and, 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 and the guy got Dougley. And then the, the police came and saved him. So, you know, that was one of the things that, 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 that came to me like. But you would never see Africa Bambada ever, especially in the early days without kids around him. That's all he kept was, was pre-teens. And I wonder why, you know, other people, you know, um, older people didn't think that that was weird. Um, you know, even the ones that weren't close, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, the ones that seen it, they, uh, they they kept their mouths shut. They didn't say anything. But, like, I'm talking about just regular people on the outside looking at that. They think, man, this is, you know, this is kind of weird. This is kind of odd. But, um eventually uh you know unfortunately you were um preyed upon by him you know um you were a victim of uh his abuse um how did you get through that time in your life and how did you not like kill this dude well, yeah, I know you had to be thinking keep, about it the thing that I kept trying to explain to you know people growing up was like for one I was broken in being molested before I even came around him. So it was a normal to me. And Braun Tribble was so dangerous and me not having my father around, then living in the house with an abusive mother, you know, because my mother was like off the hook. I love my mother. She wasn't a, I wouldn't say she was a bad mother, but mm, parents in general in them times just dished out ass whoopings. Don't do, don't. Do what I say. Don't you know I me? Mean? Do what I say. Don't say what I do. Whip your ass. You know. So, Bam's house was like a, a an, an escape. 
You go to the store, you trying to go to the store, you got grown ass men trying to shoot you, trying to take your little own cigarette money or bread and, 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 and milk money going to the store. So it was like I also went to Bam for like protection because I didn't have nobody to protect me. My father wasn't there. And Bronx River was dangerous. So Bam would take advantage of the environment that we was living in, having broken homes, not having a single parents. Some of the parents was, was on drugs, which my mother wasn't on drugs at all, but a lot of the parents was on drugs. This man, you got to keep in mind, this man was rich, and he stayed in the hood. Oh. He chose to stay in the hood. Um, maybe that was kind of like how, uh, you know, a, a preacher sets up, becomes a preacher because he has, you know, uh, easy pickings. Um, as sick as that sounds, that's probably what he he was doing. Um, man, that you know that had to have been um, you know what I'm saying a, a, a nightmare for you. Did that um, turn into you like rebelling and eventually getting into trouble yourself? Maybe going down the wrong path. Oh, most definitely. That most definitely, not just me. Like, so you got to understand. A lot of people, people got to understand that, you know, as I got older and spoke to other people that was violated by this man and, and part of his little crazy-ass cult, I started to realize, like, you know, this dude thought that he was getting the fountain of youth from, from, from drinking the semen of little boys. That's, that was his aim and goal, jer- jerking them off and pulling on them and, and making them watch porn and, and jerking off. To, the nigga was sick, man. He was sick. And then come to find out now, I don't know if you heard, but um, there's some stuff coming out, some allegations coming out on Crazy Legs, which is the um, leader of the Rocksteady crew. And the, um, the Hispanic community is going in on him. They're trying to get him banned from the Olympics because now, you know, being at Crazy Legs, they do the breakdancing thing. They're trying to get him, you know, off or out of the Olympics. The, the Olympics. And, I, and, I, and I personally feel like, you know, that's a beautiful thing, the way the community, the Latino community is coming together. But the African-American community the so-called African-American, because I don't like calling us that. The way they responded to this, it was like, it was sad, embarrassing. Yeah, it's almost like, um, you know, it was a flash in the pan, you know, um, and then they just quit talking about it. You know, um, you can tell there's influence there. How big is the Zulu Nation uh, as far as their control over, like, hip-hop media and, and just overall influence of hip-hop today? Well, i tell you like this. When I finally spoke to my son on the phone, you know, he, he called me briefly or whatever because he was mad because I was, you know, making videos about him. And then he, he come to find out that, you know, one of my comrades was one of his comrades. Well, a few of them was his comrades. And he was like, yo, you know, he was trying to, you know, qu- you know get to squash the beef or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, he was telling me that, he wasn't prepared to go against them dudes. They were strong. And nobody, if you notice, I, I say this all the time, Uncle Murder, every year Uncle Murder is on doing a yearly wrap-up. For three years, he refused to talk about Bam. He talked about Shug Knight, everybody else. He would not mention the Zulu Nation in Africa, Bam Bada, because that's the power that they had. They're still heavy in the music industry behind the scenes. So nobody, I mean, absolutely, you got to ask yourself a question. This story got big at one point in time. Absolutely nobody in the industry spoke on him. Yeah. 
if they did, they were they were uh, defending him, uh, pointing case with KRS one on the drink champs. Um, if you don't like uh, Bam, you need to get out of hip hop. He said something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, it, it's disturbing, you know. In all other genres of music or, or entertainment entities, if let's just say uh, it came out where a woman was accusing of a high profile. Uh, man of doing something, there would be attention like you wouldn't believe. Maybe the guy would probably be asked to step down, but since it happened to uh, uh, young boys and it's in hip hop, there's no attention at all. No, the Why problem is, is that is? If, if, the problem is is that the black community is broken. If you have money, you can do anything to black children. It doesn't even matter. The only thing that you can't do anything to in the black community. Is, is is the LGBTQ community? If you if you touch one of them, then it's off with your head. But when it comes to our kids, like nah, there's no mercy, there's no respect. It's like this this whole year, right? I've never seen so many children get hit by stray bullets, and so many rappers at the same time murdered, and you don't see nobody saying nothing about it. Let that have been one white kid, and it would have been over. Yeah, you know, as a white man, I agree with that 100 that statement 100% uh because it's true. You know, um what about um you know what I'm saying you're talking about these uh younger hip hop artists getting killed. Um do you think that a lot any of that has to do with like blood oath sacrifice rituals and things of that nature? I think a lot of it has something to do with rituals. First of all, is like when you sit back I tell people all the time, right? In New York City versus Chicago, the gangs in New York are going to jail for the littlest things. Rod Diggs, I always use Rod Diggs for an example. Rod Diggs was a rapper. You know, he he had a couple of songs with Uncle Murder. He was up and coming. He rapped on a song. He said in the song that the dude that shot him, he got him hit from a hospital bed. That caused him to get life in jail. These Chicago rappers are being recruited by the music industry. And see, people don't understand. They be like, oh, well, some of these artists are independent that the labels ain't got no control over them. That's bullshit because the labels, just like YouTube, play with your numbers. So they decide who's going to get sales and streams off of Spotify and the rest of them other own spots. They pick and choose even when you're independent and you think that you're independent and you're winning, it's them picking you. When, you go, when, when you're making money off of these concerts and these shows – is them recruiting you. They're, they're, they're budgeting these gang members. So now you got the Chicago dudes who are sitting up there making songs and naming the victims that they gang killed, and the feds is not locking them, locking them up the way they locking New York gang members up. So you have to ask yourself a question. Why? These dudes are actually laying out a blueprint on how the feds can lock them up, even naming. They said one dude got hit. He was listening to his... He was he he was he had his headphones on. The other one got slumped by a step. I'm like I'm listening to this shit because this was the first year after FBG FBG Duck was murdered. I started looking into the Chicago drill music, and when I started listening to that shit, I was disgusted because I'm like these dudes are talented, but at the same time, where I come from, we we let the dead rest in peace. We don't disrespect the dead, even if it's an enemy. It is. Yeah, yeah. Chicago Chicago is like. When you when you really really analyze Chicago, it's like the wars out there with the gangs out there being sponsored 
by the government, by these occult. It's, the wars are sponsored. They recruit. It, it, it's like with, with King Vaughn. The money that it, it, this young boy, independent, goes to the hood and hands out and breaks up, you know, to his gang $100,000. So now these, are little, these dudes are young killers. And I think I thought it was dope that he he, he split his money with his with his young homies or whatever the case may be. But at the same time, these dudes are putting hits on other gangs for money that they're getting from the music industry, and the music industry knows this, and they sponsoring this war in Chicago. To as in New York, there was dudes that was just as dangerous, but wiser than these Chicago dudes, and they would get blackballed from the music industry. They wouldn't even let them in. Just like in, in Philly with A.R. Avenue. A.R. Avenue and Dark Low should have been on top of Philly rap, but they wouldn't let them in. But in Chicago, they actually sponsoring these wars to keep the killing going. The streets, man, are, are just, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to get away from that, seize it and take it. You know, um, a lot of people, man, they can't, um, they can't get away from the streets, and it ends up costing them dearly. Sometimes, ultimately, you know, when when you were around Bam and the Zulu Nation, you know, um, I remember one time you were telling me um, that it was like a cult, the way he runs it. Um, was it was it the occult though? Like, were the rituals? Did you ever see anything of that nature? Nah, not really. With him, I can't really say that I seen him doing rituals, but the the homosexual acts within itself. With the little children was a ritual. Within it, it just it just him doing that within itself was a sick, twisted ritual with them kids. Because it's like even even when we speak about the higher ups and what's going on with the higher ups, you got to sit back and analyze these people. They don't want to hide anymore. They tired of they tired of worried worrying about what the government is going to do when being charged. They want to come out. This is why they want to they 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 want to reduce the population and they want to enforce these laws. When you sit back and you and you actually analyze, it's like, in whose mind, who decided that they want to do a gender X to as we're not even going to give a, 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 a birthright to this child of being a male or a female. We're just going to call it gender X until the parent decides that this motherfucker is going to be a boy or a girl, even though it has a penis. And this yeah. is laws that's being passed. Then when you sit back and you analyze it, right, it's like, okay, so now you have religious people. America was a Christian country where pastors in the past would have killed, whether it was the, the KKK or it was the black Christian church. There would have been some bodies dropped behind pulling some shit like this. But because the government decided to give these churches the 501c3 where they're paying these churches, the churches have become quiet. And then what they did was they started becoming members of the Boulay, members of the Masonic Temple, members of the East, the Eastern Stars. So now it's like, okay, when you, when you enter these groups, everything is a secret. So there's a code of silence the same way in the gangs, in the streets, there's a code of silence. Well, when you become a part of these groups and these fraternal orders, there's a code of silence. Many of these fraternal orders prey on children. Well, you got to sit back and think, right? Even in college, when these kids get hazed, 
and they start doing the hazing. Some of these kids will get beat to death. There's no murder charge. But in the hood, if a kid is wrestling and you body slam your little brother, your child is going to jail for, um, for, for manslaughter. But in these fraternal orders, these colleges, if these kids decide that they want to sit up there and haze you, it's just hazing. It's not murder. It was an accident. Nah, it's murder. They beat him to death. They made him drink too much, or they threw him down a flight of stairs. They call them the influenza team, the little rich privileged snob. You know, like these uh, skull and bones, you know, that stuff is real, man. Their main objective is to have every single member obtain as much power as possible. And, you know, most of the presidents were affiliated with them. Um, You know, where does the Zulu Nation stand as far as, you know, its reach? Does it have any kind of connection or, uh, you know, with people in the government or, or is it just something that, that pretty much just, just governs in hip-hop? In the well, streets? that's a good question. I, once again, it's like, well, Africa Bambata, he was locked up in Brazil. Now, I think the legal age, if I'm not mistaken, of having sex is 14 in Brazil. He went younger than that. He got locked up in Brazil. And um, and I'm not saying allegedly. I don't, I don't give a damn. I'm not saying allegedly because... I know people that was in Brazil with him when he got locked up. That's how I know it really happened. So he got locked up in Brazil touching young underage kids. And then you got to ask yourself a question. Well, where was these niggas at when he was touching those kids? Because they was there. And he got locked up. And, and, and the government, people in the government got him out of jail. So that shows wow. you the power that he has. And now he's back in, he's back touring back at um, Brazil again like nothing happened. He got connections in the, in the UK. Yeah. Mm. All over the world, people know what this man did, and he's still walking around. But then again, the flip it's side to that is all over, the, all over the world, people knew what R. Kelly did. In every barbershop, dudes was watching that sex tape with him with them, young, with them underage girls. And then people, and, and then and black women still throwing panties at him. They even had a march not too long ago talking about free R. Kelly. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, well, it's disgusting. It's just like uh, I know a church uh, where I live, the, the pastor molested children, and um, the congregation ba- bailed them out of jail. He, he did it again, and so they bailed them out again. I mean, what the fuck? You know, it, it's, it's like these pedophiles are being allowed to do this. Um, now, Bam, he was put on, on notice, you know what I'm saying? The whole hip-hop community knew about it. The whole world knew about it. Um, he should not be doing tours. He should not be doing anything. It's it's, it's like nothing happened anymore. Um, that's got to upset you, man. Uh, do you still uh, speak out, you know what I'm saying, when you can? You know what? I spoke out for so long. I got to the point where I got tired because I felt like people got tired of hearing it. And if they wasn't tired of hearing it because they just didn't care, they was making fun of me. And I'm like, you know what? I didn't come out here to be picked on and to be and treated like I ain't shit. Like I literally went through a hell of a lot mentally 
just to even tell the world that a, a, a man touched me, this most embarrassing shit, and then to have dudes making videos, oh, you was his lover, you a faggot, you were like, yo, y'all don't say this to the gay community, so why y'all saying this to me? So if y'all had well, they wouldn't say it to your face. See, that, yeah, they, they definitely wouldn't say it to my face, but at the same time, my whole thing is like, even still, y'all don't do this and speak out like this against the gay community, so why y'all attacking me? What is it? Is it because he's sponsoring you to, to silence me? I mean, who who is it? Or is it or, or or is it the pedophile rings in Hollywood in the music industry trying to defend him? Because you you even even when you watch me, my channel's been through so much on YouTube with the strikes, the pills, me being shadow banned. I should have like I should already be past the million million subscribers, which I know I I mean I feel like I am. But they playing with my numbers, and I see that. I can sit up there and send you screenshots of me having, like, literally 600 comments in the comment section with absolutely no no views. That's insane, yeah. That's like my channel. I should have 100,000 subscribers easy because not only, you know, have I had uh, several videos just, just go insane, but I've been featured in the uh, every hip-hop media platform there is. You know, um, so they fuck with your numbers, de- most definitely. Uh, but you, I think, uh, they fuck with your numbers because they look at you as a threat. You know, you you're the man who exposed Bam. You know, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure that has to come with that. How do you cope with that, Poppy, on a day-to-day basis? For me, it, when people don't understand, it was like, oh, you gotta, you better look over your shoulder. I've been looking over my shoulder my whole life, and now. Because of the topics that I've been speaking on, it's like, yo, this there is absolutely no turning back. You know, at the end of the day, but see, let me show you how let me show you how YouTube works, right? I've been speaking like I, I've been, I got so many views on YouTube. I just sat back and watched some shadow ban my page. I'll go I'll go look for my video, a live that I do, and can't find it on my own page. So what yeah. I would do is. I can't find my own live that I did for days so I could share it. Can't even find it. So what I would do is while I'm live, I would share the live into my Google, and that's how I'd be able to retrieve it and start sharing it. They would shadow ban me so you cannot see. People would not be able to see. And the reason why I was able to break this is the power of sharing. I would make my videos so controversial that even if my numbers is low, I know a million, a million people spoke about it. I say what everybody else is scared to say, so they was holding my page back. So then at, at some point in time, you know, because I always dealt with celebrity gossip because I came out on BAM. So that was part of, and KRS-One was my next video on YouTube, you know, me beefing with him behind the things that he said. So I started realizing I'll have some of my best videos don't have nothing to do with celebrities. But then when I started seeing the foul shit, that goes on in the music industry, and I started calling all these celebrities out, those videos will be the ones that get the most views. Yeah. So then you start to realize, like, okay, yesterday I had a video that might have been the deepest video in the world, and they get no views. They purposely held it down. Today, let's say, for example, FBG Duck got murdered. I'll give my commentary on that. They'll make sure I get two or 300,000 views. So now what, what YouTube tries to do within itself is make you sell your soul when you black by and when I say that, no Hassan Campbell ain't go sell my soul 
But at the same time, it's like, okay, you just gave me $3,400 for talking about King Vaughn and gave me $100 for talking about this shit that I've been talking about every day for three years. The next video come around, what the fuck do you think I'm going to talk about? Because now I'm in a situation where everybody's my enemy. I done spoke out against the gangs. I done spoke out against the government. I done spoke out against any and everything that you could speak out against, pedophilia. All right, now I got to sponsor this war because I'm in war now. Everybody want me dead. So it's like, okay, I can't get into the pedophilia as much as I normally want to because I'm not going to get paid for it. And right now I'm in, a, I'm in a position where, like, for example, the Internet, they raided my house. YouTubers supposedly called the police, told them I had a gun in my head, and um, they raided. They, they sent SWAT up in my house with my children, getting off school buses. Just recently, I had an ACS case, a child welfare case, because they said that I was abusive. I was beating my kids, and I was on drugs. And the reason why I knew it was it was social media once again that was doing this, or they was pretending for it to be social media, is because they was confusing. Like for example, pineal pineal gland doesn't exist. But to them, pineal gland is my wife. Pineal gland is a name that I made up. So when the child welfare came to my house, they was like, um, you know, they was basically talking about pineal gland. And I looked and my wife looked and we both just started laughing like, okay, we know where, where this is coming from or where they want us to think, to think that this is coming from. So now, okay, boom, I'm dealing with a child. This is the stuff that I've, that I've been dealing with. And I can go into a whole lot more, but I'm not even going to get into the rest of it. So it's like, okay, now you have to be on your P's and Q's. You got to have money for lawyers. You got to have money to move. Like, it, shit is real. My cause is yeah. being rigged. Sounds like, uh, you know what I'm saying, they're, they're, they're trying whatever they can to sabotage you, uh, hurt you, defame you. I remember uh, when you were... Uh, on a few years ago, you were talking about uh, some cat, Tommy Sodomore, whatever his name is. Um, he was really being a, a nuisance at the time. Um, how, I mean, you, you deal with these people every single day, you know, uh, but your YouTube channel, um, you you kind of feel like, it, you, like you said, it's the point of no return. You've got to keep going because it just keeps growing. I remember, man, I congratulated you when you had, like, 50,000 subscribers, and now you got, like, 200-something thousand, don't you? You know, it's crazy because there was a time it was like I was looking around when you guys brought me on the show, and it's like I I I speak. You know what? The one thing I love about you guys is that out of all the shows that I've been on, you dudes have been the most loyalist. And the reason why I say that is like, for example, with Star. I've seen Star shout out dudes and promote dudes that have smaller channels than me that was promoting that I was gay or trying to tear apart my movement going against Africa Bambata. And I couldn't understand that. If you the one that broke the story, why are you also helping these dudes slander me? Yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Like, even to this day, I still speak to Star, but I couldn't understand it. Your platform has been the most loyalist platform to this day. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
And it's like, and, and, and that's why I preach. That's why I, yo, I, I made it my business to make sure that I was waiting. For, I was waiting for your call or whatever the case. But I was waiting for you to text me first because I've been getting a lot of prank calls, and I sometimes I just don't want these people infecting my mood. And yeah. you know, me going on you guys when I went on your platform, I'm, I'm going all around. I just want to tell my story and let the world know what was going on with this sick ass cult. And you know, after a while, I started realizing that nobody wanted to hear the story no more. There was more things going on, and people was too busy. So I just kept on pushing, kept on pushing. Now I sit back, and it's like, yo, I don't know what it is, but all of the platforms that, like, when I first came out, Doggy Diamonds was on top. His platform is not doing the same thing anymore. Shout out to Doggy. I ain't got no beef with Doggy. Sonetta, that snake, he tried to set me up. He's a cult. He's a cult member, a cult leader as well. He's part of that cult, the fraternal order. He tried to set me up for Bam, and every time you turn around with this nigga, something new with him trying to just push different people or pay different people to come at me on YouTube to stop my momentum. But I got so powerful, it's not even working no more. His platform fell. It's like the biggest platforms out there. When I was sitting up there pushing and, and striving to get my story out, these niggas is they there, but it's like. I'm the man now. I don't need them no more. And it's like I said, damn, God is good. Yeah, you you you've outgrown so many. I mean, um, you know that that's why I'm proud of you because you came out. You know, what I'm saying from the jump, speaking up for kids, exposing what these monsters are doing, and, and that's why we got behind you, man, because we wanted to uh, support that because uh, that's one of the most noblest things you can do is stick up for children. A lot of these guys, they get lost in the sauce. They forget about the kids, man. They put their love and loyalty for, for another dude ahead of children. It's just sickening. Um, you know, and you you said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and say what this dude did. And, uh, you know, I can't commend you enough for it. Because, like you said, you put your life on the line, you know. And you got to deal with all the the bullshit that comes along with it, unfortunately. Yeah, make make no mistakes about it. With these dudes, with, 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 I want what what people need to understand is that Africa man Bambada, people are like, all right, well, you know, this is the old guy. This guy has a fucking army of killers. People got to understand. I came up up under the Zulu Nation. I've been in jail for murders, not one murders. This nigga got a slew of dudes that's up under him, that's murderers. And then you got to ask yourself a question too, right? Why hasn't the government reached out to me? I've even went to a lawyer, and they told me, like, for one minute they was hard on the case. This is one of the biggest law firms. Then the next minute they was like, you know, we can't find any trace of any of his assets. So I'm like, okay, so being that y'all can't find his assets, y'all not going to take him to court on the criminal aspect? You know, yeah, so his ties are are, are um, well connected, but see, it, I don't know why uh, they wouldn't utilize you. I mean, you could be uh, so beneficial, you know. what I'm saying a, a spokesperson, you know, to get laws passed and different things of that nature. Um, but check it, check it though. Think about it. When Ron Savage, even though you know Ron Savage is part of Fraternal Orders too. That's why he was able to get on Fox 5 with Africa Bambata. That shit was weird to me. 
How the fuck y'all call this nigga but didn't reach out to me? Radio stations, Ron, Ron Savage, weird to me. Like, yo, Hot 97, 105, Pop 1, like all these top radio stations, none of the motherfuckers reached out to me. Even now, yo, my views is higher than the radio stations up here in New York on YouTube. My views is higher than them. Why hasn't anybody reached out to me? That's not weird to you. Nobody reached out no, to me. Of course, of course it is because they, uh, you know, what I'm saying, it, like you just said it yourself, you got more views than them. You know, what I'm saying they now they're looking at you as competition. In a well, weird hold way. up, they, yo, they, but, but check it. They call Umar Johnson, brother polite. They have these battle rappers going on. Like, out of all these people that come from the conscious community, I'm the one person that the whole industry, the machine, is avoiding. You know why? Because I'm not part of no fraternal order. You're not part of a fraternal order, and, um, you know, again, Bam has got his claws and everything. Um, So all these guys, you know what I'm saying, they're representing something, um, you know, some type of, of, of a cult, basically. Yo, did you see the video? Did you see the video with the men in black that came to my house that I put on YouTube asking me who was my handler? Yeah, yeah, those guys that were in front of your house. Yeah, you were talking to outside the window. Yep, the men in black. It's crazy, man. That was some scary shit because I'm like, yo, and then you notice they had some big black shades (laughs) on, so you can't tell who the fuck they was. Yeah. Yeah, that was. This is the shit. Like, you got to understand, I've seen some, yo, there's a lot of stuff that I still don't even speak on. There's stuff that's going on right now that I haven't spoke about to nobody that they're actually doing to me. And if I told you, you'd be like, get the fuck out of here. I mean, yo, I'm in, between me and you, I'm in court right now. I have a court case right now that I'm not even speaking on right now because I'm like, I think they want me to speak on it. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm not going to say nothing. Because that might be their way of, of silencing me and getting me off of the internet. Nah, I ain't going to say nothing. Man, good luck with you on that, man. I hope that uh, you know turns out good. Whatever's going down, uh, but no, I um, man, the, um, I want to say 2007. Up until 2007, I was just doing straight hip hop. In 2007, I interviewed uh, the first one was Henry Hill, you know, from the uh, Genevieve crime family. And uh, man, right after I interviewed him, man, I started noticing my phone was making the you know you you can hear him click on and off. So I, I knew that they were um, listening, you know, see who else I'm going to be interviewing. And then I started interviewing gang leaders and and uh, you know all kind of mafia hitmen, all kinds of different people. This is long before Vlad was doing it. Um, I was doing it in magazines and. Uh, Fast forward some years, once I started talking to, you know, uh, brothers like yourself, you know, then I started seeing people, you know, walking across the street, looking at the crib, you know, uh, dressed kind of funny. I had, uh, now this is weird, right after my father died, um, I uh, I wasn't feeling too good and I kind of passed out. I I heard a knock at the door and my wife was at the door and uh, I heard my wife say, what do you want with my daughter? And they said, never mind, she's too young. And they left. Well, I ran after them. What it was, it was it was a, a, a man and woman. The, the the man was about 60. I want to say a woman was about 40. They were both dressed in a, 
you know, you know, suits, and uh, they were in a, a black, a big black, um, you know, what I'm saying um, SUV, and they saw me. I was screaming, I'm like, "Hey, what do you want?" And they just kept going. And I got in the car. I went looking for them. I couldn't find them. Now I talked to my wife. She was half out of it too because she was she was asleep when she went to the door. They uh, first asked for my dad, who had died about a month and a half uh, prior. And uh, my wife's like, well, he passed away. And then they asked for my daughter. And my wife's like, what do you want with my daughter? She's in school. She's 15. You know, what do you want with her? Like, never mind. She's too young. You know, I don't know what the fuck that was, Poppy. That shit scared the shit out of me. Still to this day. You know, I've been paranoid as a motherfucker. Walking around the house like Red Fox with a piece. You know what I'm saying? It's, you know, I think when you talk to certain people or when you um, expose certain things, there's automatically a light on you, man. And we got to unfortunately live with that every day, everywhere we go. It's fucked up. That's some scary shit right there. And, you know, I've been dealing with but, you know, that's scary action for your daughter. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you something else um, about 2014, um, family friend, um, a girl, she was about 14 or 15 at the time, she was um, abducted, and they found her body several years later, and uh, they now they just charged somebody uh, with an 18-year-old kid, but... Um, we don't know if he's the killer or not, you know. So, you know, they're going looking for kids everywhere. That's what I'm I'm thinking, you know, someone trying to take my kid, you know, I'm fucking shoot whoever it was in the face if they come back. But you can't be around your kid all the time, no matter what you do, you know. That's, that's one of my fears, man, because, you know, these bastards, they have these, uh, we've done shows on this too. I interviewed a woman, she runs a safe haven in uh, Colorado, she was a former sex slave, and um, she was telling us the story of what happened to her. I think at 14, uh, you know, she was already addicted to heroin. One guy's fetish was he wanted to see a girl burned alive, so he set her on fire in a garbage can. And um, wow. she survived. She was badly burned and scarred. And then when she got out, you know, she uh, you know, addicted to heroin for many years. She finally kicked heroin. Now she runs a safe haven for girls who've been sex trafficked um that's a scary thing too because there's hundreds of thousands of kids caught up in that shit you know um you know that's uh something that's always on my mind as well you got to be careful you know and we deal with these people on the internet we don't know who the fuck we're dealing with who's behind that like or that comment or that you know we don't know who any of these fuckers are. Right. And, and these people don't put my address all over the internet. It's like, wow. And I'm like, you know, I sit up there and I move. See, that's just it too. It ain't just that. Because because I'm so big of a YouTuber now, everywhere I go, people recognize me. Yeah. You were, um, I mean, yeah, man, you're 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 a celebrity, <laughs> Poppy. 
You know, whether you like you know it or what? not. I, I, had, yeah, I had to real, yo, I had to really realize that now. It's like even not too long ago, I'm driving through a block and it's a lot of traffic where I can't get through. And it's like dudes on the street, like, yo, trying to um, flag me down. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this shit. <laughs> like, wow, everywhere I go, I go to certain stores, people jumping out of their cars, like, you know, so it's it's it's, it's a lot that comes with this. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I can just get on YouTube if I'm not logged in. You know, I can get on a, uh, you know, a phone or something, and uh, you'll see recommendations. I'll see you on there, you know. I mean, you got a big following. You know, and like you said, I mean, it probably should be millions of subscribers because I see people that have YouTube channels that, you know, they'll have like three or four million subscribers, and they're not really saying nothing, you know, Um and then you'll have people that are really doing the work and and stuff and 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 putting in work to interview people or, or or do things and you know they're not getting the the flowers they should, you know. Many say that about this show, and I agree. I mean, but at the same token, everybody's doing this shit now too. Everybody, you know, um, you're in a competitive market and you're thriving. That's got to make you feel good, though, man. You know what? It's, it's, it makes me feel good, but at the same time, it makes me feel bad because it's like, you know, just recently I had a situation with a with, with a dude that I thought was like family or whatever the case may be, but he was also related to Sarnetta. You know, out of the blue, he, he, he comes out, start making videos about me, and i like, you know, what the fuck is this about? But I know what it's about. It's because I'm I'm the top dog on this shit right now. And I'm really not the top. There's other black YouTubers that's way bigger than me. So why y'all coming at me? There's dudes out there that's way bigger than me on YouTube. Why am I the one that you're looking at, that you focused on? Then there's another thing, too. See, me, I done had outbursts where I done broke down and cried on the Internet. And people done seen me break down, you know, drunk, flipping out. And then I got people that psychologists that got had bachelor degrees and doctors and shit like that that be talking to me like, yeah, you know, I be sitting up there doing counseling with people and they be on um, bringing up Hassan Campbell and it's like I could hear the animosity because it's like, hold up, so this is a dysfunctional fucking nigga, and he got more popularity and more respect than me with my degree. This is where the animosity and jealousy comes in at. Yeah. Yeah, and that shouldn't be, you know, that shouldn't be at all, because, uh, you know, like I said, man, uh, you got anybody that comes out speaking up uh, for the children, you got to respect that, um, and people should get behind that, you know, but you, you got a platform that's growing and continuing to do good, uh, so no matter if these guys get behind you or not, man, you're going to have that influence and that power, and uh, just keep doing your thing, man. Don't let nothing, um, you know, interfere or stop you or, you know, keep going as long as you can. Because I'm sure you got I, people I'm that actually surprised you guys ain't doing the YouTube thing. Say what, brother? I'm surprised you guys ain't doing the YouTube thing. I Like, like as far as, like, showing, you know, doing the, 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 the live thing where people can see you guys I think y'all would really kill it. Yeah, I never, uh, I never did that, man. I've always been a behind-the-scenes guy, and 
you know. But uh, you know, who knows, man? Who knows, man? We might be doing that, man, in the future. If we can grow this channel a little bit, it, it's growing now, man. Uh, you know, um, they really uh, they want us to talk about, you know, what we're talking about right now, the occult. And I'm I'm all for it because we're finding out crazy, crazy things. Last night we just had a guy tell us he went to this party, um, and it, you know, it, when he got in there, it was a scene out of Salem and Gomorrah. There, there was uh, you know people doing drugs. Dudes having sex with each other, and uh, you know all kinds of stuff. And uh, prior to that, he was at a Jamie Fox party, and Jamie Fox pulled him to the side and told him, "Look, man, you gotta." He knew he was from out of town. You know, he's like, "Look, man, you gotta understand. Some of these parties can get a little crazy. You know, you might see some things." So then he finds out what he was talking about. You know, a couple months later. Um, and that's that's crazy, man. Do you you talk about that a lot too on your show, don't you? Like what goes on behind the scenes and in the entertainment industry. Yep. On your channel. Yep. Do those videos get a lot of um, you know like people uh, uh, chiming in with theories and stuff? Because I've noticed in the comments. Everybody's got their own theory. Like, there's some underground tunnels in Hollywood, and you know, what I'm saying it's like something off a Jesse Ventura movie or something. Well, actually, you know what? There's underground tunnels throughout this whole country that we don't have access to. Catacombs. And, yeah. yeah, and I've 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 heard rumors of there being a train that goes all the way from New York to California within. Hours, like about an hour. Like this, this train is just like super fast. Yeah, it's magnetic. It's uh, yeah, everything on the track is is magnetic, so the thing it just gets sucked in like a tube. Um, they got that in I think in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, um, as well. They have yeah, man. That just like the internet. They they had the internet long before we had it. You know, uh, it was a military thing. So a lot of the stuff that we're seeing now, they've had access to for a long time. Um, surveillance is crazy right now. Drones, all that stuff. You know, uh, I remember in Chicago when they put the cameras on the poles, and uh, that was supposed to stop crime, but it, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. You know, well, you know now they got this thing where um they got this thing now where um pretty much they uh was it Instagram is is supposed to be pretty much giving up all your information that you have on your phone, breaking your privacy like it's over with. I'm actually thinking about getting rid of my Instagram. Yeah, I I never liked uh, Instagram anyway. It um you know. Facebook, you have more of an opportunity to kind of, you know, explain more. You don't have a limit on the words you can say. And um, I don't know. I just ain't with it, man. Uh, none of that that shit, TikTok or uh, WhatsApp, all that stuff. I don't know what the fuck any of that shit is. But I'm a dinosaur, man. I'm 42 years old, so you know, I'm you know, I'm from the I, I come from the MySpace days. You know, what I'm saying I give you an idea how old I am. <laughs> So, but, 
You know, all this shit. Yeah, man, they have your digital footprints everywhere. They know everything about you. Um, you know, uh, where you live um, in your region, they have these towers that collect data for that particular region. Um, and then they, uh, you know, based off the data that they collect, they target you with select ads and, and different things. So uh, that's like if you go look on something on Walmart.com or eBay or something, later on scroll down Facebook, you'll see the ad for what you just looked at. You know, so, and that's not by accident. They're doing that shit on purpose. So, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. Technology's a motherfucker. But, um, man, Hassan, I, I, I just want to thank you, um, for taking time out to talk tonight, man. It's always an honor. And, uh, you know, um, I hope, uh, 2021 is better for us all, man. Um, keep doing what you're doing because you're needed. Yeah, man. You know what? At any any given time, man, you want me on the show, um, just let me know. Any topic, it doesn't even matter. As a matter of fact, whenever you're ready to do um, stream yards or whatever on YouTube, just let me know. I'm on it. Appreciate that, man. Definitely, definitely, will do yeah, so. Yeah, man. You guys, you guys was there for me, and you you guys were loyal. A lot of these other platforms, man, that I came up on, I seen some real, real snake shit. And now it's like real snake shit. I can't even understand it. Like, but I, you know, I, I just don't say nothing. I just like, you know, I roll with the punches. Keep it moving. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that, for whatever reason, they, uh, yeah, they want to do that sabotage stuff. And, you know, I've had many of them do it to me, too. And, and I just keep it moving and keep doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, and, and a lot of them, you know, they'll fall off behind and they won't do nothing since. Like you said, you've outgrown all of them. So keep outgrowing them, man. Keep doing your thing, uh, Hassan. I appreciate you, brother. Most definitely. I will get up real soon, man. Thank you. All right, peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.